Yo, what's going on, beautiful people? It's your boy Tito, and welcome to season two of Maintain the Design. I'm here with actor and entrepreneur Mposi Beng. How are you doing, my brother? I'm good, King. How are you? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Can't Easy. complain. Easy. Um, I think about a week ago, I actually decided now nah, I'm going to turn off the news for a bit because there's been negative news all the time. Yeah. So I think I've just been paying attention to what I consume, mm. you know, because mm. everything's just, ne- I don't remember things being this negative. Yeah, I think things have always been negative. I think it's just they're a lot closer to us now because, I mean, we're always on social media. Yeah. I think back in the day, you know, our parents always used to either read newspapers or tune in physically into, like, you know, news channels. Right now, the news, it's us whether we like it or not. Yeah. So yeah. I think maybe may to yourself, for us, it hasn't been, you know, we, we haven't been so close to the news, but now we're a lot closer because, I mean, even if we look at, like, the suicide rates, it's mostly our peers, you yeah. know. Yeah, so most sure. of the news, the news right now is a lot more accessible and it's a lot closer to home. And I think I think that's that's the difference from before and now. Yeah, yeah. And and as a millennial, who's um, also like in the limelight, right? Mm-hmm. How do you navigate uh, negativity in society? Let me say because of course, I think as an actor as well, I think um, you need to always be checking what your mind state is. Yeah. So how what what do you do to navigate like your or the negativity in society? I I hike, bro. So I just I, I go and I and I I chill in nature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I I I don't take I don't spend rather too much time on social media. Yeah. Um, I watch my space. Mm. So who it is that I converse with, who it is that I spend my time with, because I think yeah. that shit is important. You know. Um, who, who is in your surroundings, what you consume as well. All of that is, is, is very important. So I spend a lot of time alone. Yeah. Um, so I will, you know, detach and unplug from the world and plug into myself. Yeah. So I would read, journal, meditate, hike, or, you know, work out. These yeah. things are, to a certain degree, a form of therapy. Mm. Um, one thing that I actively do want to start doing, though, is going for counseling. You know, just, I feel like everyone needs... Yeah, uh, uh, to go for therapy of some sort because I think there are past traumas that, in some or another way, do come you know uh, to the forefront, and we may not necessarily know how to deal with them. You know, some some stuff. So a lot of people act because of trauma. So some of the people that have negative things to say, I really feel a lot a lot, a lot of empathy for them because yeah, I feel like yeah. their lives must be hell in order for them to try and put someone else's life through hell or somebody else through hell that means they themselves their lives is, is, is hell so i empathize with them yeah but i try not to consume too much of, of the negative and i try to find the balance in it and i i think the biggest thing is also not to try and look for validation mm. in, in 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 places outside of myself because i think yeah. once i start seeking validation from spaces outside from myself then i'll never reach or get the full scope of the validation that i need you know because yeah. you, you can never get everything that you want from outside when you just start first building from within yeah yeah so bro for someone who who doesn't know him paul where would you say your journey started and what drew you towards your craft and your passion uh it's a good question um i would say man from a kid man from 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 way before just literally being on screen i was on stage yeah um and the first stage was my parents allowing me to speak my mind, you know, yeah. allowing me to engage them. And I would say that's where my journey began. 
my journey began from when when I when I grew up in a, in a, in a home that was open to either having discussions or you know speaking about particular feelings. I think that's when the journey began. And yeah. from a young age, I did. I stayed first. You know, I would do public speaking, and I didn't notice that. For me, what it would help with later is building building the confidence to speak either in a room full of people or to learn how to properly, you know, uh, vocalize what it is that I'm feeling because a lot of people can't necessarily uh, properly explain their feelings, you know, properly explain themselves. So I think I think that's when my journey started. It started at a very young age when I was given a platform at home to express yeah. my feelings and to say what I feel. But also, obviously, within a, in a, in a respectable, uh, respectable manner, and without necessarily disrespecting anyone around me. Mm, yeah. mm. And would you say like your your craft is your craft is a form of expression? Do you feel like you express certain things that you don't know how to say with words, for example, through your craft? Um, yes, yes, certain things, certain emotions, because some emotions you can't mm. put in words. Yeah, but you can, you know, you can express them in that. So I, I, I definitely do agree. Um, acting to a certain degree is a catharsis for me, and and as much as it's, in a, it's a catharsis, it also helps me with healing. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things that I feel like not just myself, but other people can heal from from watching particular characters go through particular journeys. Yeah, um, and how they overcome uh, overcome those those uh, tribulations, whatever challenges that they um the character went through so mm. well it what it does for other people at first does for me so mostly healing and there's uh, a catharsis for expression and just putting my heart and soul out there and also a learning because i mean certain characters aren't necessarily um the same like 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 uh, the same particular person that i am so i need to like dig a little deeper but i learn a lot more about humanity and instances like them that's why sometimes if i'm not Cuddled up at home, I like going to particular places where I'll meet different individuals, but put myself in a corner and try to just read the room. Yeah, yeah. You know, read the room and understand people's uh, uh, behaviors or spot out behavioral patterns. Yeah. And understand, try to understand why people do the things that they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And because you started from a young age, right? Um, what was the adaptation process like? Because obviously your roles as a child are not going to be, you know, the same as your roles as an adult. True. So what's that adjustment like and, and, and what's that process like? Well, when I was a kid, it was more so of a hobby. It was a lot more play. Yeah. The fundamental thing, though, is that even as you get older, you shouldn't be afraid to still play. Mm. But now you're playing with a lot more experience, with a more, more, with a more well-rounded experience. And, and yeah. you're playing from a more knowledgeable place. Yeah, but you are you you you're making sure that you you still remain childlike in discovering because I think that's the beauty the beauty of being a kid is that you are constantly discovering. Yeah. So now when you're an adult and when you've gone through all of these experiences, there's only so much to discover. But mm. if you put yourself in a particular and different character and you allow yourself to go through the motions as the character goes through them, it's like being a kid again because you're rediscovering things that you may not necessarily have went through, but you're rediscovering ways of dealing with them. Yeah. So, so that's been the big change. The big change is that when, when I was a kid, it was all play. But now that I'm older, it's about, it's about maintaining the childlike 
aspect. aspect of it mm. and because that's where the magic is yeah yeah just yeah. the discovery of the character and discovering with the character letting that audience discover with you as well yeah and one thing I've, I've always been curious to know i've actually never asked an actor this is how much mental strain and how much mental preparation does it take to switch from role to role because mm. obviously you're different characters all the time mm. um you know with a lot of actors some actors actually they play similar roles all the time because that's their niche that's what they're comfortable yeah. with so yeah. it's easy for them to adapt you know with yeah. any role they've been given because they're kind of playing a similar character mm. so now when you've been given a character that's just something that you've never really experienced or a role that you've never played like what's the mental preparation like for something like that sure so good question it's, it, i think that is that Right, right there, what you're asking is literally like the, the, the base of what acting is about. Now, you must understand when you play different characters, I think what you mostly play is their states, mm. their mental states, where they are right now. Because you must understand that when we watch a movie, this character has obviously been living. And depending on whether they die in the movie or not, they'll continue living. So yeah. we find the character in the middle of whatever struggle it is that they're going through. So now... If I'm playing a particular character, I need to understand what this person's mental state is and how do I then put it on the table or on screen so that people can go through this journey with this particular character. Mm -hmm. So it can be very taxing, especially if the character is in a dark place. Because maybe your character may be in a dark uh, place, but you, the actor, are in a very great space. You know, yeah, like yeah. It's light, everything is going well for you. So now getting yourself into the dark space so that you can truthfully tell the story it's very taxing. Mm. And that's why after telling a dark story or whatever it is, you do need to debrief so that you can come back to yourself and find balance in your life. So now a lot of people sometimes fall into the trap, especially method actors, they fall into the trap of not recalibrating. And yeah. then what happens is that because now you've been off balance and now you've made yourself, you know, tip the scale of your balances of your equilibrium in life, that's when you can then start developing mental disorders or, or personality mm. disorders because you don't allow yourself to regroup you don't allow yourself to recalibrate yeah so it, it can be very very taxing because there will be behavioral changes yeah. because maybe to get yourself in a particular character maybe you need an hour to get yourself in a particular mental state mm. whether it be an anger because maybe you need to come into the scene already having been this particular emotion and depending on where the scene goes but you need to build it up, and that's why people speak about an active prepares and the importance of preparing. You know? Yeah, yeah. You you need to start from the center of the actor, not from from yourself as a, as, a, as an actor. So yeah. the, the center of where the character is, and then play it from that particular emotion, and also hold it because you're going to mm -hmm. do a couple of takes. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not just one take and it's gone. You could do ten ten takes for one particular scene. So just holding that energy, be it a bad or a dark energy, is very taxing. Yeah. And that's why it's so important for actors after they do their scenes or after they do at least or at the very least when they're done with the production to um, debrief and recalibrate. It yeah. can be very taxing, very, very taxing. Yeah. And are you ever, are you warned about that re recalibration? Maybe from producers hmm. or so I think the person who wrote the script? To a certain degree. I mean, sometimes the people, you don't, sometimes you don't necessarily meet the people that wrote the script. Mm. You know, maybe you just meet up with the director and maybe the producer. Yeah. But you see, this is the, where the importance of studying also comes in. Because if, if, if you've studied acting, 
then you know like you know what you need to do to get into a character you know you know that you need to research you need to like like start like choosing particular things that make this character what they are so you yeah. can detail about it whether he uses his left or right hand whether he walks a particular way whether the voice needs to change yeah so you need to learn how to get into the character and then also how to get out so if yeah. you go if you've gone to school for acting then you will know that there are particular characters that that there's well there's a danger attached to playing particular characters where mm. some are very light and and even the, even the light ones there's a sometimes there's a particular darkness of uh, associated with characters that are light because maybe they are playing a facade yeah. and, and they're keeping up a facade but there's something else that that's layering them to be whoever they are so there's always like certain characters that definitely need more attention with um getting into them and getting out of them than others do yeah. And yes, you will know that if you've studied and if you haven't studied, but you, you know, jump into acting and maybe you are good at that particular character, you fall into that trap because you think that the same tricks that you use there will help you forward and that yeah. doesn't always happen. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you spoke about school there. So with school, obviously, is the theory of how things operate and how, how things function. Yeah. Right. But how much additional work does it take for acting to become like instinctual to a degree good question um well there's workshops and mm. actors need to constantly go for workshops um actors need to constantly question their way of living yeah so if you don't question yourself and i mean question every emotion that you feel whether you're happy whether you're extremely sad you have to question why am i feeling the way that i'm feeling what is triggering it um how does that this make me feel um okay am i going to allow myself to feel or am i going to try and ignore this is this my ego speaking or what is it so it's a daily thing and in order for you to be the best possible actor you need to live in a very good way or rather you need to live in a manner that is very introspective yeah i don't i don't think there's any great actor that isn't introspective because mm. that means this that, Everything can be a tool. Every waking day, there will be an experience that you haven't necessarily gone through before yeah. that is new to you, but you can learn from. Mm. So, so, so just being, you know, sitting and, and, and asking yourself certain questions about your day, how it went, being conscious. Being yeah. conscious is, is not easy for everyone. Uh, some people just are conscious maybe just for 10 minutes of the entire day, and the rest of the day, they're just zombies. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's a daily thing. So the work isn't just in the theory, in, the, in, in class when you learn the theory or when you do the practicals. It's even after the class. It's, 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 it's even after the fact. It's even after the engagement with your tutor, after your engagement with your mother, after the yeah. engagement with your partner. You need to ask yourself, how did this person make me feel? How, 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 did I, how did my energy affect them and their energy affect mine? Did I have an effect on this person? What, what kind of effect is it that, that I had? Um, what, what did it smell like when I spoke to this person and she made me laugh? Yeah. What did I hear when I spoke to this person and it made me angry? Um, what were my fingers? What, was I grabbing onto something? Is there a texture that I can remember? Um, what did my mouth feel like? Or like did, my, did my mouth all of a sudden become dry? You know, and, and, and oh, now I know that because now I know that my, 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 my body will react to certain things in a certain way. So when I'm very angry, I know that um, my mouth will be dry and, 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 I'll, it'll almost feel as though I'm, I'm instantly, 
uh, dehydrated, but no, that, that's my body just reacting to a particular chemical that, or, or a brain signal that's sent to me and it, it's either in, 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 in um, fight or flight mode. So this is what happens because even when you act, your body sort of like forgets that you're acting. Yeah. When you really into it and you play truthfully and you really intensely in it, so your body will react in certain ways. So now to ask yourself, even in real life situations, to like just step back and, and try to like uh, do a checklist of how what it is that I felt is triggering, or what, what triggered this emotion, or why did I feel the way that I feel, and and what what did that do to my body, and or oh, were my toes curled up when I was about to punch this person, or where was my you know all of these things are things that you have to do outside of the classroom. Yeah. So the learning and the taking your craft seriously it goes beyond just going for workshops, goes beyond just studying, goes beyond just the textual stuff that you study. Yeah. Yeah. And um, based on that, that description, um, you discussed a lot of like management of emotion yeah. and awareness. So would you say, because when you're acting, you're monitoring your emotions and your awareness, awareness mm-hmm. more often than the average person, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Would you say that translates into normal everyday life in real life? You think that it's made you more conscious and aware of your emotions so in abs- reality? Absolutely. So in reality, so the, the question is the other way around. So in reality, I'll be more conscious of, you know, my the cause and effect in my everyday life. Yeah. But when I am on screen, I need to let all of that go. Yeah. Because yeah. I, can't, I can't act and watch myself, but I can mm. watch how I live. Yeah. So I would watch how I live. Oh, Tato said this. He looked at me this way and it made me feel like this. Okay, now, now, yeah. now I don't want to make eye contact because this is what it made, made me feel like. Oh, snap. So this is, this is what I go through when I feel anxious. Okay, now I can take note of it. Yeah. But maybe I can, I can use it in my rehearsal. But once they say action, mm. I need to forget all of that. So I've made mental notes and my body will, I know what, what makes my body react in a particular way. But once, once they, they call action, I need to let go, forget about that and just play the truth of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. my everyday life is basically me preparing for my imagination, mm. which then becomes the actual real life. Because yeah. when I'm there, I'm playing into it without the exterior consciousness, without the, 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 the bird's eye view, you know, I'm, mm. I'm in it. Yeah. So it's almost, it's, it's, it's crazy because like I said, like my, my, my re- in my real life, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily... I'm conscious, but I'm not necessarily in it. But in my imaginary life, that's when I'm fully conscious and allow myself to feel all of the emotions and I express them to the best of my ability. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. That's yeah. a crazy contrast. Yeah. And to get that, that, that amount of knowledge and wisdom, you know, on a craft, mm. obviously there are pitfalls as well. There are failures. There are disappointments. Yeah. So... What kind of disappointments and like maybe ceilings or creative blocks did you have to kind of like navigate to get to the point where you are now? Uh, the first one is ego. I don't think that if you are going to be a successful actor that tells, pardon me, narratives or tells a, a, a story about a character in the truest and most genuine form, which is what I look for. Yeah. That is my success. My success is how genuine can I tell the story? Mm. So, so because I want to tell a story in the most gen- genuine manner, I need to make sure that I kill my ego when I'm acting. I can have the ego maybe in my real life, in my um, civilian life, right? But I can't. Yeah. This I can't. I can't let my ego speak to me 
when I am on set or when I am on stage. Yeah. So I need to kill it. So I need to kill how what I think of myself. Yeah. Because it's not about me now. It's about this character. Mm. So your ego will always try to deter you from telling the truth because you need to look a particular way when you tell the mm. truth. People will tell you, yeah, I want to cry, but can you please shoot me from this angle? No, it doesn't work like that. Life, when life comes at you quick, you don't know whether you're going to cry first using this ear, yeah. eye or that eye or whether there's going to be snot or whatever. You don't know how you're going to react. You know mm. what I mean? So that is one of the biggest challenges, not just for myself, I think some other young actors and maybe older actors as well, is to kill the ego or don't let the ego uh, walk in front of you when you are playing a character. Yeah. Uh, or rather, let me say, don't let your ego lead you mm. into a room, you know, but let, let love lead you, let, being, let, let truth lead you, let being genuine lead you. And surely then you can, you, you're a lot closer to playing the character in the most genuine form. Yeah. And that is my, my attribute to success. That's crazy. So that would mean that if you are playing a character who has an ego, you'd still need to leave your ego behind. Yeah. Because it's their ego, not mine. <laughs> it's just their, so crazy. Yeah, in order for me to play their ego, like to the best of their, like my ability, I can't put my ego in it. Yeah. It's not about me, it's about them. That's crazy. So it's basically putting yourself in someone else's shoes, but you're not physically seeing, but you're embodying. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And allowing that person to, that person to fully live and fully tell their story yeah. with their own voice. And like, crazy. Crazy. And um, how long would you say it particularly takes you to prepare for like a role? Good uh, question. Once I you've think been debriefed. And once, um, I think, but we don't get the, that much time in, in SA. Depending on the kind of character it is, I think a good three months at the mm. very least, you know. Yeah. A good three months because that's when, you know, you, you, you're interrogating this character. Okay, where does this person come from? Oh, okay. Mm. Or now I understand why they are where they are in, in the story. So yeah. I meet them obviously in 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 a, in a part of because their story has is 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 forever going like our stories. People when people talk about Tato, they'll speak about a particular incident, right? Mm. They don't speak about what happened before or what happened after, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's the same with the movie. We tell a we tell a story about this particular instance or this particular journey that we have with this character. So my research is is the before. How did I get here to this moment where now everyone is looking at this particular person? Yeah. So it takes at least about three months for me to, to either learn their behavioral patterns or create their behavioral patterns, uh, create their history, create their, their life story. So that by the time I'm done and I know this person, when I, when I start reading the script, I, I, I can see them and they yeah. are living and not me. So First, maybe I'll read the script for the first time as a civilian and not just as, as the actor in me, but just as a civilian, just to get the story. Oh, so this is what happened. Cool. And then I started interrogating. So this person grew up here. He went to this school. He is left-handed. He played this sport. And this is what happened to him when he was young. Because all of these things inform the person that you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did, he, did, did he come up in a home with both parents? Uh, does he have siblings? Is, is he the, the eldest or the youngest? Um, is he, is, was he popular in school yeah. uh, or was he the black sheep or was he a teacher's pet? Uh, what, what kind of grades did this person get? Oh, yeah. Okay, did this person play sports? Uh, what was this person's biggest failure? 
and what what can be rooted as this person's biggest success yeah and therefore how did their life change or what particular event happened in their life that changed them? yeah once i can i can answer all of these questions i can almost mold the type of person that i need to be mm, yeah. that's interesting so it's about paying attention to detail every detail because yeah. characters every single one every i think every every single person that you meet is different right? mm. like you can't no two people are the same they may have similarities but no two people are the same yeah even if they may they may be the closest of friends but no two people are the same mm. so that shows that there's detail in every single human being yeah. so even when i play characters they need they, they needs to be i need to respect them enough to give them their own detail yeah yeah and um we've seen industries like music yeah. South Africa more especially um hip hop um develop yeah over the past I'd say 15 years we've seen it evolve develop and there's other industries in South Africa that have grown very on a on a grand scale since the, since um we've been in democracy let me say yeah um so what would you say the landscape of South African film and TV is currently and how would you say it evolved um Well I'd say right now before there weren't as many platforms mm. you know we just had um uh free channels which were just you know I mean and, and because we only had free channels being the SABC and ETV the platforms were limited but now there's a lot more platforms so that's yeah. how it's changed there's a lot more access um there's streaming platforms such as Netflix Amazon's you know um Showmax's and because now there are more platforms created for people even youtube because yeah. now because there are more platforms that means a lot more people can then also find themselves at least a spot somewhere in between yeah and also because there are more platforms the how how the content is being consumed is also completely different so you don't have to now just wait for an international film before maybe you are watched by an international audience yeah you know you can watch something that is south african made by south african producers that will be streamed right now and in the rest of the world for example that, that that's what happens with netflix you know yeah. netflix is streamed in over 222 countries all over the world mm. um and when it drops here it's dropped all over the world yeah whereas if you were just if you were just to do like a and this is for people that want to do stuff internationally where if if you're just to have a hit show on SABC1 and only just do a show only there yeah then it, it it i mean your chances of being internationally recognized are zero to to none almost, yes you know yeah. so so that's how that's how it changed the platforms have changed the 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 audience has changed and also the type of quality has changed because i mean now we're using 4k actually even 8k you know there's like different ways of 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 putting out the story or the narrative and you yeah. don't you don't just need to use the, the platforms that everyone is on you can also do your own thing which yeah. you know like right now we've got podcasts yeah. some people can use this to literally tell a story you know a telenovela or a short series you know maybe a series that you can only stream live so yeah. what's changed right now is the access and also the amount of platforms that there are yeah yeah and who would you say are the disruptors in terms of uh maybe filmmakers and producers who aren't necessarily going mainstream but are making a lot of noise maybe in certain niche markets that people mm. are not really aware of um people that are doing indie indie work you know Issa mm. Rae is one of them yeah. um there's a couple of people in SA that have also started their own 
um, online stuff. So those people um, are the, 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 the people that are disrupting. And also just, like I said, platforms like YouTube yeah. that just allow you to put, and if you put good enough content out there, you literally disrupt the industry. Yeah. Yeah. So it's individuals that are not afraid to produce their own stuff and, 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 and that are brave enough to put it out. Yeah. Those are the real disruptors. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's dope, man. That's dope. Um, obviously, you're not just an actor. You're an entrepreneur as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have your own clothing line and other things that you're doing. Um, so what got you into the entrepreneurial route? What got me into the entrepreneurial route is that I always wanted to do something other than just, um, you know, acting or just entertaining. Mm. And naturally, I've always, always loved clothes and clothes have always been a necessity. And so from then I started, I wanted to do something that I could relate to that I couldn't necessarily find on the market. Yeah. And I decided, okay, let me start by doing stuff just for myself. So I doing stuff for just myself. And then some of my mates thought, hey, man, I'd actually like that. Where did you cop it? So that's, that's when I started doing it more often, not just for myself, but for people that would, you know, in, uh, find value in it, you know, because my whole idea with, with the aesthetic for Love Loose is, is the workman's gear mm. and also to have the workman's mentality. And beyond that, these garments I've always said are like a love letter to ourselves. You know, yeah. we should give ourselves the same love that we so freely give the world. So that was the idea to somehow spread love, but also spread clothes that are not just fashionable, but you, they can also be used, you know, like, a, like it's utility wear. So it's, 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 it's practical, but it's also stylish. Yeah. So that's always been my thing. And that also translates into the other thing that I do in acting in as much as, you know, I want to look a particular way, but I feel like the skill level should also be on the same level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's about merging those or merging the two um, and just yeah, letting that have a life of its own. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, that's dope. And, and since you are on an, on an entrepreneurial journey, um, do you ever see yourself um, pursuing ventures within acting or maybe creating your own films or being behind the camera at some point? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I Now I'm actually working on my directing career. Mm. Um, so I've directed a couple of music videos before, but now I'm looking at directing more stylized content. So be it me maybe a young movie that's what i'm looking at shooting maybe this year yeah or shooting concepts um or either a pilot uh or maybe even shooting a series and stuff like that so yeah, yeah. I, I definitely do see myself working behind the camera behind the lens yeah and yeah yeah just disrupting that, that space well. yeah yeah nah that's dope bro um really appreciate you coming on i think um the wisdom and knowledge that you that you gave with regards to the acting industry and what it takes to be an actor was very um very very knowledgeable and and, and something that i think was needed right. you know so yeah before you go um is there anything you'd like the listeners to know is there anything that you're working on uh business-wise as well that they should be looking out for and uh, where can they find you uh, okay uh what would i like them to know i think firstly what I would like them to know has nothing to do with me, but everything to do with them. Yeah. And that's to love yourself mm. and to make sure that the demons in your head don't take over. Yeah. We all have certain voices in our head, in our heads, you know, 
but let's make those voices the voices of love. Yeah. Let's be kindly to ourselves. Let's 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 always understand that, that we are worthy of the space that we occupy. Mm. And when in doubt, always walk into a room like you said. Mm. Mm. You know? So I just want people to believe in themselves and believe in their potential, but further than that, believe in their purpose. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so there's a couple of shows that are coming out. Um, we have, I don't know when this is coming out, but we've got a show that's coming out on, on Zanzi Magic. Yeah. Um, I think it's coming out in two weeks, uh, the last Sunday of March. Um, we also have a movie called Tando coming out on the 8th of April. It will be yeah. in cinemas nationwide. And we've got a series on Netflix coming out in, on the 11th of May. So those yeah. are the things that people should look out for. And in terms of social media, it's just poor underscore sibling all over. Yeah. So do follow the kid. Let's chat. Let's. Let's. Nah, shout out. Bro. Thank you so much. Kim. Thank, Thank you. you.